everyone, and welcome to the Library Talks podcast. This is a show where we talk about books, and we also talk about the topics around books. We talk about topics that interest us here. We talk about topics that we have a personal passion for. The literary titles that have a literary impact on our lives and yours. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Josh, and with me today is Clarice. Say hello, Clarice. Hello, everyone. And with me also is Kira. Say hello, Kira. Hello, listeners. Hi. Hi. Okay, brilliant. How are you guys doing? You guys doing okay today? You guys doing all right? Lockdown yeah. treating you well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surviving as well as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, um, the one thing that I feel like I always kind of like need to remind myself is that this is all going to be like over soon or at least we're going to find some sense of normality after this and just kind of looking forward to that is kind of what's getting me through this. Do you guys kind of agree or have any kind of similar feelings? Yeah, it's just that this seems like the new normal now. The, I don't know. Yeah. that kind and of... just I have no idea what day it is, like... It is what today's day, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Everything's kind of running into one. I kind of just need to, like, just escape and kind of just, like, remove myself from this whole situation, like, every now and again. Um, because, gosh, I don't know. If you, spend, if you spend too much time thinking about it, you kind of just go, like, oh, wow, I'd... Is there any need to shower anymore? Is there any need? <laughs> is there any need to, like, call people or just, like, do anything? It's, it, it's just, I don't know what's going on anymore um what about you Clarice like what's your kind of general mood about about the times now I'm the sort of person I sort of like living in my pajamas I have to admit I like to be comfy (laughs) um but I do miss traveling places and that's a thing that for me I keep thinking I need to look forward to because I miss like actually traveling and going to see my family that sort of thing so yeah yeah it's been interesting (laughs) Are you like making a? I've kind of taken to making a list of all the things I'll be able to do and all the places I'll be able to go. Like after this, have you guys done anything like that, or is it just me? No, same. <laughs> no, no, no. I have I have a list on my phone of things I remember, like restaurants I haven't been into in ages, and I put it on the list and like um, museums or places, just towns that I want to visit and stuff like that. I put it on the list as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've got like uh, I, I really want to go trampolining for some bizarre reason. <laughs> <laughs> like now more than anything, that's on the list. Um, but I guess while we can't do certain things like go outside and travel or to all sorts of places, we can do others like sit down with a good book, which uh, mm-hmm. hopefully brings us on to our like topic of the day. Um, Clarice, you kind of mentioned the Rivers of London um, series, or rather, that's the first book in a series, the Peter mm-hmm. Grant series by. Ben uh, Aronovich, uh, rather, Ben Aronovich. Um, so what is the Rivers of London series about? What's the Peter Grant series about? Could you give us like a little kind of intro to the to the premise, to the character Peter Grant, without kind of spoiling mm-hmm. where the stories go? Yeah, sure. So basically, it's a series of books. I think there are about eight books at this point. And it has also lots of little graphic novels and novellas to accompany it. And it's about um, Peter Grant, who's a young police officer in the Metropolitan Police. And basically, he's sort of recently started at this job and he's been assigned to look over a crime scene overnight. 
in the like Covent Garden area of London. And his um, partner goes to get some coffees and they were looking over a crime scene, it was a murder. And then suddenly a witness comes forward and starts talking to him. And he starts like, almost like interviewing this person, taking all of the details, only to later realize that this isn't actually a person, but it's a ghost. So he ends up interviewing this ghost for more information about this murder. And he obviously thinks it's insane. but it leads him to finding out about like almost a supernatural underbelly to London itself that the Metropolitan Police is aware of. And there's a specific division to deal with those sorts of cases. And that is like the premise of the books. It starts from there. So he interviews that ghost and he obviously wants to sort of figure out what's happening. Is he crazy? Is he losing his mind? And he just, someone directs him to a specific inspector called Inspector Nightingale and who just sort of almost explains the, the reality of the situation and almost takes him like an apprentice of sorts. And through the various books, he sort of starts to become a specialist in that sort of supernatural slash magic crime if that makes sense (laughs) yeah interviewing ghosts essentially interviewing ghosts yeah (laughs) yeah or kind of like summoning them to his kind of beck and call to yeah help solve crimes that is crazy (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) yeah okay and you said it's set in london as well so uh so i mean so we live in sort of southern south of london like you know Mm -hmm. only about 20 minutes 30 minutes away on the train so uh, how true is it or how well does it build up that image of kind of London kind of where we live like what's the setting like does it help you kind of visualize anything a little bit more uh definitely because the author is really good when he, he comes to his descriptions of London to the point that he will describe a street and the buildings are there and everything and it's quite accurate because sometimes I'm reading it's like oh I've been there it is exactly like that the building (laughs) looks exactly like that and the street is that and those are the shops and everything so it's so accurate and so familiar which is amazing at setting the scene but also what I really like is that sometimes when he's describing general phenomena that happens in the books without too many spoilers he will mention various areas of london so sutton has popped up in worcester park and a couple of places <laughs> which is like i was reading was like oh my god i know it. <laughs> yeah, i've been there i've been to that sweet shop sutton as featured in classic literature it's <laughs> amazing oh really um, kira you just said you you just started the um well the first book rivers of london how how are you feeling about it so far I love it. I think it's a great recommendation. So I think when me and Clarice were actually talking about this podcast and she she was telling me about it, I was like, that sounds amazing. That is exactly the kind of book I like. <laughs> so I'm only two chapters in, but it's, um, yeah, you just, I don't know how to describe it, which is, I probably should have figured out before we started this. But <laughs> I, think I, just, I mean, are you getting any sense of Peter Grant as a character, like the um, main police constable what was it what have you kind of heard about him so far just that he seems um just like he i'm at the stage where he's 
he's a bit like no this doesn't happen he's at the kind of disbelieving stage i think it's that he's just spoken to the ghost he's just met nightingale and he's just going wait what but he's he's still figuring out what okay so you're like just before his life gets flipped upside down yeah but i love it just the whole um concept of a secret world beneath london like kind of like with harry potter and stuff like that it's just I just love that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There is an idea that gets banded around a little bit in um, sort of fantasy and uh, sort of crime a little bit that uh, this kind of uh, yeah undercurrent, this culture that is kind of uh, uh, maybe like running the scenes but yeah. um, isn't like on, on the face of things or whatever. Um, and it, this kind of leads into a little bit to what was kind of talked about before, like the idea of like fantasy and the idea of... Um, uh, things are a lot more fantastical than our current world is. It's kind of an idea that is as old as storytelling itself, but keeps on cropping up and keeps on reappearing in uh, sort of pop culture and yeah, all our narratives, basically. And yeah, I kind of want to kind of pick all our brains as to what do you think the... Uh, what do you think the human fascination with fantasy is? Like, how does it... Uh, Oh, what what about yeah the fantasy genre kind of speaks to us that we keep on wanting to see it over and over and over again uh like i was thinking that um we see it a lot in popular films like you say like harry potter and like lord of the rings and the hunger games like all the like there are loads of genres of books that are sort of translated into film and tv but for some reason in the last kind of 10 15 years fantasy books like Lord of the Rings, Hunger Games, etc. seem to be like popping up in films more often now, whereas you don't see that many kind of spy thriller kind of novels like your Jack Ryan's or your chick lit comedies like Bridget Jones' Diary or Confessions of a Shopaholic or something, but we keep on getting more and more and more um, yeah, like Hunger Games, Maze Runner, like Peter Jackson and the Olympians mm-hmm. and stuff. They keep on coming up. What, what do you guys think? Why, does, why do fantasy novels kind of keep on keep on coming up and like being the most popular quote-unquote most popular genre out there um i think it has a lot to do with our like interest in the unknown and the mythological and stuff that are slightly unfamiliar but it also because it sets a really good ground because even though it's not your everyday reality that you experience you still see like common themes throughout and uh, like messages and for example i was re-watching lord of the rings last weekend <laughs> um, uh, because we've all got the time now <laughs> yeah, yeah why not nine hours yeah. of lord of the rings sure yeah yeah pretty much uh, that was the logic behind it, at least. And I keep thinking how, although, again, it's the whole dragons and goblins and things, and um, there's a lot of universal themes that, like, um, it comes across from, like, war scenarios and stuff like that, because the author, I think, was in World War One, So a lot of those experiences... Uh, and that the characters were feeling and the need to fight for something to preserve the good in the world type thing. There's a great quote from from Lord of the Rings, a movie which I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's about fighting for something good in the world. And that is one of those universal themes, again, that pops up not just in Lord of the Rings, but also 
um, with Harry Potter and fighting for what is right and protecting people. And yeah. I think that's part of it. Well, you can remove yourself because it's not your exact reality, but you can still connect to it because it's not outside of how you feel about things, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a good point. That's a good idea. I kind of like to pick up on kind of two things you said there. That um, uh, yeah, just the struggle of good versus evil is something that is kind of innate in anyone, and that's kind of a narrative that mm. we all kind of just like hearing in many different forms. And I guess yeah, fantasy kind of um, uh, like really, really, really uh, pushes that, or really kind of makes that clear and kind of stand out and poignant. Like yeah, literally, if your bad guy is a massive like red glowing devil and your good guy is a knight in massive shining armor or whatever (laughs) or a detective trying to solve a crime you can speak to dead people like that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's like the most fantastical (laughs) or or like the most sort of colorful exaggerated way of just showing that that clash basically Mm -hmm. of like good versus evil and then also you kind of mentioned that it's kind of in mythology as well which is something that's being a part of human culture, I guess, since ancient times. Yeah, Um, yeah, just the idea of, yeah, gods and, well, I mean, even in Greek times, the gods were kind of like not 100% good guys. Um, Yeah, (laughs) definitely not. Yeah, Um, kind of messing back and forth. But is that drama? That's what creates kind of like the story, the the narrative that we've been telling ourselves, yeah, for millions of years now. Yeah, Um, for millennia, really. Yeah. It's a whole Uh, gods and monsters things isn't it um the whole and even as you were saying like zeus is not that great even though i love the zeus that they show in like the disney film That's not <laughs> really what, what, what the actual zeus was like but still um, and... father christmas in a toga you mean <laughs> that <Yeah>. guy <laughs> exactly I mean, yeah he's a very happy man um no yeah. he, he cheated on a lot of people um, oh yeah <laughs> Uh, but I mean, Kira, yeah, did you have kind of any thoughts on like what fantasy kind of like storylines, novels, narratives kind of like do for you? Like how how do you personally like um, um, feel or connect with uh, your favourite fantasy? Um, so when I was thinking about this, like in prep for the podcast, I was thinking that maybe my reasons for liking fantasy genre was a bit dark and it was like, because real life is boring and, and that sounded really <laughs> bleak and I was thinking no it's not just that it's not just that but um I think just I've loved fantasy like fairy stories and superheroes since I was very little and just it's, it's quite comforting I think um to go into that fantasy world and I think with um what you said about the good versus evil it's kind of what I like about it is it's a it's a fight that is very clear cut. It's like good guy, bad guy, fantastical, big, evil monster, mm-hmm. good guy, whereas real life is more grey and mm-hmm. a bit yeah. weird sometimes. And just yeah. it's, it's kind of having a very simple storyline like, I'm the good guy, I must use my good magic to defeat the bad guy who wants to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. It's like really. Um, no, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially sort of nowadays where we're kind of in a world where we kind of don't really know what the future holds in a in a lot of regards. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just nice, yeah, just having that clear, okay, let me just disappear into this and let me just, like, and I know, like, what the, you know the, what the goal is. is, what the struggle is, mm. what the task is to do. Um, 
and just 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 enjoy it just go along for that ride yeah. essentially um and yeah yeah you kind of said like disappearing into the world like that escapism that um getting out of your head and getting out of yeah this gray real life yeah. that we kind of find ourselves in i mean not just in this period but throughout sort of like life um and yeah yeah just like delving into something that's yeah comforting is the right word for it i think because um in in comparison like i like i like to tease me and my mum like to tease each other about our film and book choices or whatever she likes very real life very gritty emotional dramas where the worst things happen to the character and i'm like this is so depressing (laughs) and then she teases me for liking superhero stuff and fantasy stuff and it's like yeah because i don't want to see a more heightened version of sad stuff on tv <laughs> i want to see something escapist and fun and exciting yeah, so, yeah exactly what's the point in like actively making yourself upset i know like, <laughs> I, I like to tease her like oh it's got the checklist of depressing things in this show that you're watching and she's like yeah lovely sits down with a bag of popcorn and a glass of wine like yeah, yeah this character's life is falling apart brilliant <laughs> oh, makes like, me no. feel better about me yeah to be fair i have to admit that i also like sort of dramatic stuff oh. i think i like it because it puts my life into perspective that's like, true every time yeah, i'm a little bit uh, upset about anything i'm gonna watch atonement and just cry for two hours straight and then i'll feel better about my life no, nah, I'm totally the opposite. I think that, um, uh, like, horror movies especially. Now, I, I get called a wimp for this, but it's not for the reason you're thinking. Is I don't like horror movies. Um, n- not because, like, you know, they're too scary or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be overly macho. Please, listener, don't <laughs> judge me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just don't understand the feeling of wanting to put yourself in that heightened state of, like, sort of tension. I agree 100%. Or, yeah, like, why would I choose to do that? I'd rather engage in a thing that made me feel like a superhero or, yeah, made me feel like uh, uh, like good was going to win at the end of the day. And, yeah, if you if you call me a little child or a sissy or whatever, then I don't care. Um, I agree 100%. I hate being scared and terrified, and I don't know why anyone <laughs> would choose to do that to themselves. Life is scary enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life is scary enough. Um, I mean, kind of on that yeah. Uh, topic. Yeah, we've got a kind of global pandemic on the on the go at the moment, and people are obviously feeling uh, sort of uncertain and um, uh, and just worried and yeah, frustrated that not able to do the kind of things that they normally want to do. Um, do you? Do you think that um, the escapism found within um, fantasy books like Rivers of London, Harry Potter, etc., um, graphic novels, uh, and the one novella as well that I found in the Rivers of London series, there's a novella, what a novella is, you'll have to ask someone else other than me, but there you go. Um, <laughs> do you think that, um, that there is, yeah, a benefit in the escapism that can be found, especially during this time? Um, definitely, personally speaking, because not to get into too much detail, um, times like this, it can, it can really affect your mental health. And personally, what I find helps and what I did a couple of weeks ago is that I had a day off. I don't have a garden. So I went to a local park and I sat really far away from everyone and I just read um one of the novellas from the rivers of london and it completely took 
me away. I was just engrossed in what I was reading and all those worries just faded away. And I was just doing my own thing in the fresh air, reading a fantasy book. And for the amount of hours that I was there, it was just like the rest of the situation, the world, everything that was happening was just on pause. And I was just focusing on what I was reading and what was happening in the story. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 You're just able to let the world bleed away for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just like disappear and yeah, that comfort that you get from that, it's it's really important. Yeah, like you say, for your for your mental health, because um, that is kind of one element of this whole situation, which it it's being talked about a little bit more, but not nearly as much as it should be. That um, this whole thing is yeah very affecting, um, and uh, and I mean, there's a there's a support in that we're kind of all in the same situation so we all know what everyone else is going through whereas like in uh, in normal times it has felt a bit isolating um when you think you're the only person feeling the way you feel um mm-hmm. but even still like just maintaining your mental health and just trying to find ways to uh kind of support it to cope uh it's it's kind of lacking in this kind of day and age right now and yeah mm-hmm. finding a finding a fancy novel finding a good uh, way to escape out of the frustration you might feel in your day-to-day life. It's really, really needed. Yeah, I think mm. that's right. Uh, for me, it was always like Harry Potter books from a young age. They used to do the same thing. So I can actually <laughs> remember when I was really stressed, really, maybe like 12, 13 or whatever, and I was having issues at school, i just come home and i just open a Harry Potter book and just that would be what I would be doing for that afternoon or whatever it was. And it always made me feel a bit better. So, yeah, I think reading in that sense can really help people. I'm sure it won't apply to everyone, but at least to me it has helped. I don't know how Kira feels about it. but um, um, I was just thinking, um, I don't think I consciously um, read to kind of, calm me down or relax me I, I think it just what's I trying to think of um just that when I get distracted and obsessed with a book it's at the most random points like I'll just be like sitting down in my room just kneeling tidying and I start looking at something and just randomly oh and just flicking through and then before I know it, it's half an hour later I'm like oh, oh I was meant to be tidying oh dear, what was I, doing? Um, I think when I was thinking about like getting absorbed in a book, I realised that there are very few books where I obsessively read them and I, I can't stop. And that's when I know it's a really good one. So I think the Harry Potter ones when I was younger was that for me. And then Doctor Sleep by Stephen King. Like I was reading those oh. on the bus. I was reading those five minute coffee breaks and stuff. And it, it just, it, it feels very exciting. Like you're desperate to watch a new episode of a TV show. Or something yeah yeah no i've i've had that kind of obsessive feeling before um uh, i think my kind of first love and it's i i hate it because it's a uh it's a very very cliche one but 1984 was that for me um where uh yeah yeah it was just the, the world building in that one it's, it's dystopian so um yeah That's you like just kind of want to know how escapism there yeah yeah <laughs> uh, well i mean you kind of just want to see like how the world will or how he'll describe the world next like yeah. mm-hmm. he kind of like really really interestingly warps uh 
um, well, what we currently know the world to be to to something else entirely. Um, but yeah, that was my. I couldn't quite put it down because I wanted to see how, uh, like, how the main character is going to like try to break out of this system and how, yeah, the world's kind of going to get turned into something else, um, kind of familiar but kind of different or whatever. Um, but you you bring up a good point. Like reading for distraction is valid too um mm. even when yeah you want to do something and then you kind of look over your shoulder and you say oh yeah let me just have a quick read of uh, and then yeah four hours later go by the sun's gone down and your mom's <laughs> calling you trying to get dinner uh, like that is yeah. that is valid too I, I think um i think like the um the if anything a message we kind of give the listeners is i mean give it a go pick up a good pick up a good fantasy novel that you think you might like and just try it out because you never know um, where you might disappear to, what world you might find you're in later on. I think some people can be a bit snooty about fantasy fiction. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, think, um, especially, I, I guess in TV it's portrayed as very nerdy and, um, yeah, no, no one else in my house apart from my dad like reads fantasy stuff. So... It's all like mm. chiclet or like very depressing drama books. <laughs> Some people can be like, oh, "Are you reading about like fairies or like I don't know spaceships and stuff?" And it's like, do you think it still has like the same reputation of like remember Marvel films or comic books like back in I don't know two thousand or whatever or yeah kind of nineties mm. or whatever? You think it's got that reputation like now, whereas Marvel films are quite mainstream now, whereas. Mm-hmm we haven't quite moved on with written fantasy yet. I feel like it's not not so much now, but maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, it would have been considered very nerdy to read them. <laughs> but then even now, it's. Um, I think I was watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something, and they go to a fantasy like literature convention or something, and it's everyone there is portrayed as really nerdy and obsessed with the books. Yeah, I, I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, uh, uh, like they're the underdogs, um, but not in a positive light, as it were. Yeah. Um, like people kind of to be pitied um, or used as a punchline of the joke. Yeah, that is true, actually, and you do wonder why because there's so many people on the planet that are interested in the thing you're interested in, yeah. like whatever that may be. Um, <laughs> that there's really should be no such thing as like a, a subculture or like a, a, a well like a niche in kind of that really specific kind of way mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah it's something we've kind of got to fight for to like just say oh yeah you know we're here and we're normal and we like a thing so no need to ridicule us please <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you know what i mean i think there's definitely a stigma there um sorry to interrupt Kira, but right. i think sometimes people just don't realize that Although it's a fantasy theme, it themed book, it can still be a really funny and well-written book. Mm. I think some of that stigma comes from people not having read or experienced those books firsthand, and they just imagine that everything is very silly and poorly done. When when if you were to like read Rivers of London, one of the first things you see, it's a really funny book because it constantly makes fun of the scenarios that it encounters. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times, but in the first book, at least, he always makes fun of the situation thing. He's like, am I Harry Potter now? And he constantly like mentions <laughs> Harry Potter and magic and Hogwarts as a like self-deprecating way because... I think they are aware a little bit of that 
stigma that people sometimes have against fantasy books. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, Kira, did you have anything else to say on that? Um, no, I think Clarice, I, I, I had a good point and then I forgot it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll oh, come sorry. back up and say this. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's true that if a man was talking to someone as if they're a person and then after what like an hour conversation you turned out that they were dead and a ghost um yeah while horrifying that that would be hilarious i think if i came across that um so yeah that, that makes total sense um and also you saying that um uh, yeah, that stigma is kind of there because people don't 100% know. That was also um, a thing that I feel hasn't been properly um, alleviated, but that was a thing with animated films as well, like Disney and uh, DreamWorks, Pixar films, that, um, yeah, they just all got lumped into the kiddie child mm-hmm. animated category, even though there were, there were really deep, heartfelt like storylines and messages underneath the you know the bubbly big eyes and the colors and all that it's like a it's like a thing that um yeah just looking at it on the face of it people instantly associate it with another um yeah cartoon childlike thing they've interacted with in the past but actually when you actually engage with it it turns out that there's a there there's more going on underneath the surface than just big eyes and mr incredible's big massive muscles sort of thing <laughs> Definitely. I challenge anyone to watch the first 10 minutes of Up without crying <laughs> yes, yeah. for children because, my God. <laughs> um, that will get you right in the feels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the emotions. <laughs> right in the feels. Um, so, yeah, we'll stop back with um, uh, uh, the Peter Grant series, The Rivers of London kind of books. Um, so, again, Clarice, about like, 100% spoiling it over the course of the books like how has your enjoyment of them gone like like have there been peaks have there been uh, troughs like in the middle I mean you've read a couple of the graphic novels as well how do you like those uh, of that interpretation of the story that medium versus the actual novels what's your overall series kind of feeling or and or recommendation um so I started um, listening to the audiobooks and then I did the equivalent of binge watching. So I binge listened to the books. So <laughs> in terms of the plot, it tends to be a little bit confusing sometimes for me because I, I finished one and I started the other. Um, just I what I really like to mention is also the, the variety of the books in terms of, although it's supernatural, it's not just one thing that they talk about. Um, For example, in the first one, it's very much sort of a ghost slash poltergeist without giving too much away um, crime type Mm -hmm. thing where people sort of um, lose control of their actions by a a poltergeist. Um, which does terrible things, but I'll leave it there without too many spoilers. Uh, the second one is very much like, just to say that jazz musicians are sort of disappearing in London and getting and dying in mysterious circumstances, and it has to do with a club in Soho. Um, and then there's like 
on the the underground there's a lot of activity um so as i don't want to spoil it but there's lots of interesting happenings on the london underground as well as in literally getting the tube tfl type thing um <laughs> british transport police has to get involved as well um <laughs> then you have um sort of phase slash fairy type thing which is in itself quite interesting and you have um how shall i put this aggressive unicorns that's <laughs> the best, best way to describe this and i think it's like in book four it's like really aggressive unicorns um, oh, which brilliant. again sounds hilarious i think i want to get that but... as a tattoo now that's brilliant <laughs> aggressive unicorns a band or something. yeah yeah and i don't know what i really like as well is that although it's it has that whole supernatural and quite funny angle sometimes it does have a lot of history um so you get to learn a lot about london's history which for me is was one of the high points so you get to learn about london's lost rivers because there are river gods and river goddesses that embody those rivers Ooh, and i'll okay. say no more about that and they talk about the the history of the rivers themselves and even going back to like roman times and everything so for me that has been like the highlight um of reading these books while they're immensely entertaining and they do have that fantasy aspect that i like they also have you can tell that the author did their research if that makes sense yeah um and like certain points on the map have higher like let's say activity because important things happen there or like historical events type thing and that leaves some sort of um echo behind those those memories those those energies let's say and i think that's really interesting and all those elements kind of tap into the i guess the main crime being solved throughout the books and uh the kind of places that uh, peter grant goes like rather yeah all those things on a link in and uh uh, yeah, and I guess it kind of takes the reader, as it were, uh, on on a journey, yeah, throughout yeah. Like, different locations and fields. Oh, definitely, and... definitely. I, I'll they because they have that main crime that starts in the first one, but then they end up investigating different occurrences, different crimes, different situations, mm -hmm. which is a lot of what happens in the graphic novels and the novellas. It's just like small, smaller adventures slash journeys. And I know that one day they have to go and treat, uh, um, treat, I don't know what the word would be, uh, end a vampire's nest in Pearly. So that's, <laughs> there's a, a random vampire's nest in Pearly and that's just a couple of chapters and then they go into something else and it's like, cool. Oh my gosh, it sounds absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, yeah. Gonna, need to, <laughs> gonna need to pick up a copy um, ASAP. <laughs> No, it's great. I really recommend it. And it's the Peter Grant being the narrator, he's just so funny and such a good narrator because as well, when he's talking about stuff, he has that police officer perspective. So he will explain how like, almost like a crime procedural, how things are supposed to be done, the things to, to keep in mind when you're talking to someone and trying to get information out of them. And he does those things while 
narrating the books, which is as well an added interest. So it's not just funny supernatural stuff. It's almost like a police officer's perspective because he still has to do all the paperwork. So we follow him along with paperwork and yeah. watch him try to get around aggressive unicorns. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This sounds excellent. Um, okay, well, I mean, we're um, close to running out of time, so uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rivers of London, uh, the first book in the Peter Grant series by Ben Aron- Aronovich. Um, eight novels, seven graphic novels, one novella, um, all available to borrow from uh, Sutton Libraries or reserve the graphic novels through my library app, uh, which can be downloaded on the Google Play Store or iOS Store um, if you're a Sutton Libraries member. Um, you can find links for sort of everything we've talked about in the description. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> we've kind of gone over a lot. Uh, like, yeah, kind of talking about, uh, yeah, the, just the uh, idea of sort of fantasy uh, books and like how popular they are, why they're popular, um, and the kind of escapism and pleasure we kind of get from uh, those stories. Uh, and yeah, like I just said, aggressive unicorns and killing vampire nests. Uh, <laughs> we kind of got over a lot. So uh, yeah, guys, before we wrap up, uh, kind of any final thoughts on any of those things from um, I review? Uh, yeah, sort of escapism, fantasy, or the kind of lockdown situation. What's, what's your kind of general ending feelings? What I was thinking as well is that um, when, when you said why um, fantasy films are more commonly made into movies, so why fantasy books have made for more current movies. I think it's because just the genre itself just inspires imagination and visual. And if you're reading a, a romance novel, for example, it's like it's day-to-day life. You've experienced all that. But reading about, I don't know, uh, vampires or fairies or demons or something, mm. you, that you want to see that on screen. You want to see these fantastical worlds and these powers and like the creatures and stuff so i think just the genre itself just lends itself more yeah yeah so something kind of bigger than bigger than life bigger than ourselves bigger than um well yeah like if i wanted to see someone you know drive a car to kiss the love of their life i'd just go to bella italia like (laughs) that's something i can do on a day-to-day basis but yeah yeah, if you want to see something like massive that's something that you can only get from a fantasy narrative if you want to see a dragon film yeah (laughs) you want to see a dragon yeah well go to my mum-in-law's but don't know she doesn't listen to that podcast (laughs) (laughs) clarice (laughs) any final thoughts from you um, I was just, as Kira was talking, I was just thinking, um, like, fantasy movies, as you were saying, have been come out, coming out more recently. And I think in part that's also a little bit due to how, like, movie technology has been developing, like CGI. And yeah. they're now able to tackle those, like, big visual themes and battles and stuff which is great. doesn't always mean they do it well, but it's still <laughs> great as a viewer to have that experience of seeing a dragon. I keep going back to the dragons. It's because I've been watching... No, dragons are good. Wings. Dragons are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, dragons or Dementors or all these 
things that before we could have just um, used our imagination, now we can actually see them. And if you talk about Harry Potter, you can actually go to like the parks and the studios and see how they do it, which is also great. So, yeah. So, okay. I don't know. Fantasy is amazing. Everyone should read Rivers of London. That's my conclusion. So far, very good. <laughs> brilliant brilliant and with that recommendation i'll um wrap this up and bring this to a close uh thank you listeners for joining us um on the library talks podcast please follow us uh on twitter facebook instagram uh with at sutton libraries or at sutton libraries london on facebook and instagram um on those sites you can uh follow us uh, follow us on all our news and updates we've got daily rhyme times we've got loads of activities um uh, and updates and future activities as the kind of coming weeks and months uh, go past uh thank you very much for joining us i've been josh i've been with clarice and kira uh thank you very much to oliver our audio engineer for helping us put together this episode and um yeah yeah that's it uh and with that i'll say goodbye so goodbye guys bye, bye guys bye, bye. bye.